I often use the analogy of um, a shopping cart. You know, when one wheel is off, the shopping mm-hmm. cart doesn't move right, right? You're, yeah. you're swinging to the left and you're swinging <laughs> to the right. So, you know, I, I see that as sort of a good analogy for transition. One, one of the wheels has shifted around. And in order to keep going in a positive direction, sometimes we got to shift those other wheels around. Sometimes we have to change as a whole or adapt as a whole or adjust mm-hmm. um, to get back on track. Transitions are our friends. Transitions bring us new things. Transitions can also bring discomfort, but that discomfort offers us a chance to grow if we are willing to let it have a seat at the table. What would happen if we embrace the discomfort, embrace the difficulty, embrace the challenge? What would it be like if all parts of us were offered a place at the table? This is Shame Pinata. I'm Colleen Thomas. Welcome to Shame Pinata, where we talk about creating rites of passage for real-life transitions. Before we get started today, I want to invite you to take our listener survey. It doesn't matter how long you've been a listener or how frequently you listen, we need your feedback to grow and improve. So please take a few minutes and visit shamepinata.com. You'll find the listener survey link right on that page. And if you like, we'll send you a five-minute centering meditation to thank you for your time. Our guest today is Dr. Jocelyn Charnas, a psychologist based in New York City who works with couples navigating transitions, especially the wedding transition. She explains why weddings can be so crazy-making, not only for the couple, but also for those around them. And she also shares some tools she offers her clients to help them stay sane and healthy during life changes. Can you tell me a little bit about your work sort of in broad strokes and how, how you touch on transition in your work? Sure, sure. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist um, in private practice. I've been in practice um, on my own for about 10 years now. I see individual clients and I also see couples. And I have a little bit of a niche in premarital therapy. So I see a lot of clients who are, who are engaged to be married and come to me to help them navigate and manage that transition. And, you know, being a psychologist in general, I see a lot of people in transition. In fact, that's often a sort of um, inflection point in terms of when people decide to come into therapy. You know, for the most part, people don't come to therapy when they're comfortable and everything's Mm -hmm. great, even though that would be wonderful and everyone could benefit from it and la la la. Most people, most, you know, typical people come in when they're, when they're in distress Mm -hmm. or in discomfort. And so often distress and discomfort come around transitions. You know, life is, when life changes, that's when we struggle. So um, both in my work with individuals and in my work with couples, we're spending a lot of time talking about transitions and managing those transitions and, and particularly doing a lot of work around trying to reframe those transitions as opportunities for growth and for self-knowledge and for um, evolution of the self, you know, as opposed to seeing them as roadblocks, we really try to reframe them and see them as opportunities for growth. Mm. And that's a lot of the work I do. Mm. I love that because I've been thinking about transitions and how why ritual can be useful at the time of transitions and it's almost like we're programmed to be the same and when we have to change 
it just throws everything out of whack and brings up all this extra stuff that we don't want. I think that's absolutely right. The idea, as I try to help people to see, is to try to embrace that discomfort, embrace that difficulty, embrace that challenge, rather than sort of push those feelings under the rug and and because they're uncomfortable, push them underground and disavow them. I really try to work with my patients to do the best they can to embrace the changes and embrace the discomfort because I think from, in my experience, positive growth only comes from discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. We have to be in a position that's difficult for us or challenging or uncomfortable in order to change and grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole concept of growing pains, I think is, is a true, um, is a truism. So, uh, you know, to me, it's really about, even though it's difficult and even though it's scary, even though it's uncertainty and unknown, I really try to help people to embrace those difficult feelings because this is how we grow and this is also how we learn about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's almost like, okay, how do we take advantage of this situation? instead of looking at it as a negative. Mm-hmm. And are there tools that you share with your clients around those issues? Yeah, there are. I mean, mostly it's about, you know, this word mindfulness is thrown around a lot. And I think it's sort of become a little bit of an umbrella term. But I really hone in on the idea of mindfulness around our emotions. So I think that one really important tool that I encourage clients to try to make use of is to embrace the whole range of emotions and be mindful, be aware of what you're feeling, whether it's positive, negative, whatever it is. If we can really tune into what our emotions are, particularly in those moments of transition and those times of change around milestones in life, whether it's having a child or getting married or or college graduation is a huge one. I work with a lot of clients Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. All of these milestones usually generate both positive and negative emotions. And we're taught to really pay attention to the positive and tune out the negative. Mm -hmm. And so I really try to encourage couples and individuals to pay attention to the full spectrum and really get in there with those negative emotions because we can learn about ourselves from them and they're useful and they're as valid as the positive ones. So that that's a big one that I use, particularly with couples, because, you know, negative emotions in a couple, especially when you're preparing to get married, can be very uncomfortable. Nobody likes to feel doubt. No Mm. one wants to feel uncertain. No one wants to feel scared. But you know what? Everybody does. I haven't met anybody that's planning to get married that doesn't have on some level those kinds of feelings. So the idea of bringing them out, normalizing them, validating them, I found goes a really, really long way to help people. Yes. Making room for all of it. Making room for all of us. Even when transitions bring up big feelings we might not know what to do with or how to handle, we can make room for them. So then, at least, we just have the feelings and not an additional layer on top of the feelings telling us we shouldn't have them. I love that Jocelyn brought us to this topic, so I asked her to take us a little deeper. Why are the negative emotions so scary? I mean, I think nobody likes to not feel good, right? I mean, we all we all want to feel good. And as I said, I think there is this sort of push and this, you know, wellness movement and, mm. and, and positive psychology and, and things, you know, 100 ways to be happy and find happiness every day. And again, there's those things are wonderful, okay? But they're just one side of the coin. And I think generally we're socialized away from, you know, don't cry, all the things that are connected to don't be afraid, all those all these things that we sort of take for granted that are sort of so much, you know, like baked into the ether mm. in terms of our emotional lives. I think that we become, you know, I call it affect 
affect phobic. We, we can become afraid of our feelings, particularly the negative feelings, because we are worried that there's signals that we're making a mistake or this is wrong mm. or, or um, we're somehow bad or, or not good enough. All those things, I think those negative emotions can be signals of those sort of myths we tell ourselves. And I really, again, I really, really try to work with, with individuals and with couples to be able to sit with those negative emotions, allow them to the surface, talk about them, explore them, and as a way to detoxify them. You know, mm. I think so many people are afraid of anger. People are afraid of being sad. But as I said, those are on the healthy and normal range of human emotions. And so we are allowed to and should feel all of it. Well, and, 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 you know, in particular, as I said, when it comes to, to weddings and this period of engagement, people get really frightened of uncertainty and doubt, you know, this myth that we're supposed to be sure. And, you know, so many of these myths around weddings, happiest day of our life myth, all of these things, they really push us into a corner of the way we're supposed to feel. And if we don't feel that way, then we, we again, go back to the broken record of what's wrong with me. You know, is, is this a mistake? What's wrong with my partner? And that, you know, rarely does that take us to a good place. Right. 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 I mean, yeah. that's, 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 that's rarely a good thing. <laughs> and all of that is, um, is amplified by the people around us. You know, our, sure. our mother, our sister, our aunt, sure. often sure. the women, <laughs> you yes, know, yes. Who, ha- who have their own tape. <laughs> I think that's right. You know, as I said, I think that um, I think those messages are, are typically well-meaning. And I don't think there's negative intention be- behind those messages that people that love us want us to be sure and want us to be happy and want us to make good decisions. But I think it's more complicated than that. And it's less black and white than that. Mm. As I said, I really, I I don't know any couple that has ever stood on the precipice of marriage, which is supposed to be, we hope, a lifetime commitment, and not felt some uncertainty and not had moments of doubt. I mean, those things are, are healthy and normal in a thinking, functional brain. Weddings have been fascinating me this year in terms of their potency. I mean, there's so much happening on so many levels, but at the same time, it's just a wedding. I took this opportunity to ask Jocelyn, what is actually happening at a wedding? Weddings are amazing, right? They're they're this very interesting amalgam of all of the things that are complicated and challenging and evocative and emotionally loaded, right? They have this amazing ability to tap into, kick up, stir up some really intense dynamics, right? Because think about think about all that a wedding and a marriage entails. It's love, it's money, it's family, it's identity, it's transition, it's appearance, it's expectations. It's all of these things sort of wrapped up into one intense moment. And I think that as a result of that, people react very strongly to to those things. And and look, understandably so, right? Those are the things in life that do kick up the most emotion. So I think that 
the wedding is sort of at the crossroads of all of these things. And as such, they really have an ability to um, sort of shine a very bright, hot, white hot spotlight <laughs> on the things in life that we kind of struggle with as humans anyway. You know, I, I sort of came to this work because of my own experiences and also sort of observing observing and witnessing people in my life around this time, a lot of friends getting married and colleagues and all of that, and sort of starting to see that, oh, this makes everybody crazy. And yes, it makes everybody crazy in their own special, unique way, but this seems to make a sane person crazy. And so what is going on here? So I started to think about this as something that needs to be addressed and needs to be normalized and validated in a way that I really didn't find it was being talked about. I mean, when I was preparing to get married myself, I remember looking through, you know, a stack of wedding magazines and I remember just sort of flipping through them and there was no reference at all in probably 800 pages of bridal magazines about the emotional impact of getting married. There was, you know, 800 pages on flowers, but mm -hmm. not a blurb on, oh, do you feel crazy? Are, are you nervous? You know, you're normal or you're not alone. There was none of that. And I thought, gee, this is a real sort of hole in the market here, a real gap mm -hmm. where people are given guidance on everything from what, you know, what color pale pink your nail should be. <laughs> but nobody was talking about how you feel. Mm -hmm. So um, I really sort of threw myself into working with couples and, and sort of put myself out there as a touchstone to help couples try to navigate this, this time that's both difficult and also a tremendous opportunity to work on a foundation to build tools for marriage because a wedding is not the end. The wedding, mm -hmm. as some people see it as the end, it's just the beginning. It's just, it's just the beginning of the whole relationship of the marriage. Getting couples in my office for this period of time when they're sort of embarking on this transition, helping them to see it as normal and healthy that this is, this is a difficult time and to start working on the skills that make for a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I can I can totally relate to that. That it's like, hey, we're done. We got through this big thing. Right, yeah. that's right. Everybody's planning. The, you just do nothing for a year, but plan for this party, right? And right. then the party comes and goes, and that's lovely. But then what, right? Yeah. And that's something I really. That's sort of one of my basic tenets of the work I do. Is okay. The wedding is important, and it's and it's a symbol, and it's a ceremony, and it's meaningful, and all of that. Absolutely. But we cannot only focus on this. We have to be able to pay attention to the marriage, to what the wedding symbolizes, which is the beginning of a marriage and the relationship and the partnership. And so I really, really work with couples to try to shift their focus to the wedding as the beginning, to the wedding as a symbol, and then get into what are our expectations of marriage, what are our expectations of, of family life and lifestyle and you know, partnership. And because that's really, that's the meat of it. That's the important stuff. The wedding is just a, it's just a symbol. And, and look, and it's, it, the thing is, it's easy. It's easy to get lost in it. Right. I mean, I, it was easy for me too. It's easy to, to, to focus on the detail, you know, get very, very caught up in the details of the wedding. We all do. And I think we can all fall victim to that. But if we lose sight of the bigger picture, I think uh, we lose uh, an opportunity is lost. Mm, yeah, definitely. Touching more on the idea of the big picture, I asked Jocelyn how other family members come into play. What might they be feeling? 
Because by creating a new family unit, the couple are separating from their family of origin, and that brings up stuff for everybody. That's a huge, huge, huge part of it in my experience in working with couples. And, and it's not just weddings. It, it's it's with any real significant transition in life, it often entails a redefining of the relationships in our lives, right? We grow up, we graduate from school, and that might change our relationship a little bit with our parents. We have children, we get married, all these things, they require a little bit of a redefining of the existing relationships in our lives. And again, that is not always easy, but it's an opportunity to sort of embrace that transition and, and maybe let your parents know that you need to be treated as an adult now, just as an example, or that you're, you're going to be making decisions that maybe are different from the decisions that they might have made. So uh, dealing with the sort of family around us, you know, I think of the, I think often use the sort of analogy of the couple is the, if this is an atom, the couple is the nucleus and, and the people in their lives are the protons and neutrons, whatever it is. <laughs> Don't quote me on the science of that. Do you know what I mean? The surrounding, you know, the sun versus the rest of the planets. So right. I, I think that we first have to focus on the strength of the relationship and the couple is the nucleus. The couple is the most important thing, but we do have to take into account the other people in our lives that we love because this is happening to them too, right? For a mother of the bride, her daughter is getting married. That's a meaningful moment or for a best friend or a brother or a father, you know, or for a, a child sometime watching their parents get remarried. I mean, these are life-changing situations, not just for us, but for the people around us. And I think to find that line where we are not being completely driven by the, the desire to please those people around us, because that's not good either, mm -hmm. but where we can see our partnership as the center, but also pay attention and be sensitive to the people, to the needs and the desires of the people around us and recognizing that this is change and transition for them too. I think mm -hmm. that's really important. And it's sort of a balance to strike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when I was recording the trailer for the series, I, I had a story pop back in my head, which I shared in the, <laughs> the beginning of that, which is that um, my mother's a very uh, forceful person, but she's always also very gentle. She's just like forceful underneath. You know, you don't normally yeah. see that, like <laughs> unless she really unless wants it has, something. She has to pull it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And so we literally got married and then walked out of the room and we're in the like the hallway outside for like I don't know, maybe three minutes with, you know, hugging and kissing, like, as like, now we're married and we're bonding for like three minutes. And my friend kept knocking on the door and we were like, whoa, what, dude, like three minutes, you know? And he was like, your mom wants to see you. And I, and I was like, I was like, no, I'm sorry, but no, not for three minutes. Just no, not right now. And then, um, and then he came back and he's like, she really wants to see you. <laughs> and he told me later that he said something like, you know, hey, hey, do you need anything? And she's like, yeah, I need Colleen. And then <laughs> and then he like went back over and he's like, sorry, she's she's not available. right?" And he's like, she's like, no, I need Colleen. And I'm just like, oh, God. And I asked her later, I said, gosh, what did you need? You know, and she's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> God. And, she, and, and there you go. Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to. Everybody's going to be themselves, yeah. but uh, but worse in these <laughs> moments. And I'm laughing because my mother, the same thing happened to me, basically. We were up in the hotel room for the two minutes between the ceremony and the party, and my mother came in to touch up her makeup. And I was like, really? <laughs> Really? There wasn't anywhere else you could come to touch up your makeup? Really? So, so I can I can empathize with that, and and I'm sure everyone in these stories is well intended, but yeah. 
this is the thing. It's something to navigate. It's not easy. And, you know, in those moments, maybe both of our mothers, whether they're conscious of it or not, were experiencing that those pangs of, of, yeah. of loss or those fears of loss. Um, yep. And our better moments, our, our, our best selves can be both firm in setting boundaries, but also sensitive to that, which yeah. is not always easy. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're here and you're doing your work <laughs> and... And everybody gets to benefit from it, including people like me who just get to talk to you for 20 minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dr. Jocelyn Charnas is a clinical psychologist based in New York City. She works with individuals and couples in all phases of relationship. She was featured in Newsday and New York Weddings for her work with engaged couples, work that has earned her the title, The Wedding Doctor. Our music is by Terry Hughes. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player to be notified when new episodes are released. Learn more at shamepinata.com. I'm Colleen Thomas. Thanks for listening. Listening.